Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm mad at my mom What happened? I called her and I was like, I don't want to go swimming with him. I was like, that's not an activity and I don't feel comfortable doing it. Like, paddleboarding is different. Yeah. Like, it's an activity. I don't have to be next to him. Like, that's different. And she was like, who cares what he's Like, just do it. Like, who cares? And she's like, keep saying to me, like, you don't want to come off a certain way on TV. I'm like, I have literally been the nicest person to literally everyone. And she's like, you're being difficult. Everyone else has someone else. Everyone else, whether they're getting along perfectly or not, is having a good time. And they're stuck here. Like, it's raining. I don't swimming with him. Like, I'm not happy. Hey, can you tell him not to come over here right now? Yeah. I don't like him. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. Hopefully you can tell by the 10% more pep in my step than I usually have in my voice that this was a good episode that I'm excited to talk about. I took so many notes that I'm feeling like I'm going to be here till tomorrow. So we got to get through these because I'm trying to get out of here. Okay. I don't have anything to do. I'm just, you know, I don't want to keep you guys here for long. There was a lot. There was a lot. Okay, let's get into it. So starting off with we're three days into marriage, what, two days into the honeymoon. Everybody's waking up with each other, you know, not Alyssa and Chris, but everybody else. And we start off with Lindsay and Mock. Uh, Lindsay's being really romantic and asking Mock if he has ever taken his goldfish addiction to the next level by eating it like cereal in a bowl with milk. And he's like, no, 
I don't. And she seems to think that that is weird. <laughs> that he hasn't done it. Is there like a special goldfish? Ugh. Like the idea of eating Parmesan flavored goldfish in a bowl with milk, like drown me in the Boston Haba. I'd rather, I'd rather die. Um, so then they're like, you know, they're really vibing with each other. And producers ask Lindsay if they've consummated their marriage yet. And what we get is this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Please don't make me make a noise like that again, Lindsay. It was hard. And it's going to be difficult on my um, I, I'm scared I'm going to get a nodule. But she proceeds to laugh. I think that's what it was, but she says that she doesn't kiss and tell, but then she like literally like the most guttural horse laugh I've ever heard for like 45 seconds. So I guess they fucked. (laughs) Okay. Um, so their, uh, activity for the day is to learn how to make a pina colada. So when Lindsay brings this up to Mac, he is wide eyed. You know, you have to, I've now that we're what, how many episodes in I've deciphered and I can understand the level of Mark's wild eyes. It just gets like a little bit more when he's scared than normal. It's pretty easy to tell if you can look. It's a fun game. I encourage you to play, actually. Um, but yeah, he seems terrified and you can tell that he's like, he's got a, he's got something on his heart and in his eyes. And he says, great. I definitely think we should explore one drink and maybe not the several in a fast period of time like we have been doing, you have been doing recently because, you know, we don't really want any repeats of day one. Remember when you got in that fight with one of the cast members and we had to take the sprinter separately and then I had to apologize on your behalf in front of everybody? Let's not do that again, please. And Lindsay's like trying to say that this outburst was actually a result of her being tired. (laughs) And then Mark had to whisper, but on camera that, um, Lindsay, you had three bottles of wine yesterday. And I can't really do that again. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine having three (laughs) bottles of wine. I don't really drink that much. The idea of like traveling and having the time to drink three entire bottles of wine on my own, like no wonder you were cutting up down to the customs girl. Like I would have been too. I would have been fighting any and everybody (laughs) for no reason and then crying and then probably throwing up. I would have lost. TSA would have banned me. It would have been over before it even began. I'm surprised she even got to Puerto Rico. Wow. Girl. Girl. Tired. Mm, okay. So, Lindsay takes the hint. You know, the the very obvious hint that he just dropped. And she was like, you know what? I'll keep it cute for today. For your sake, I won't do that. So, then they go, how to, they go and learn how to make the pina coladas. And then they make Mark do this very weird scene in which he puts on his stunner shades, his, like, Ray-Bans, Wayfarers. And they make him make the drink to the tune of, like, a Top Gun soundtrack ripoff song. It was very strange. I don't know what the point was, but it happened. And I guess I have to talk about it. So... Once they sit down, they start talking about each other's dating history. Lindsay says that she's dated every engineer under the sun and 
it's not going to happen again. Don't worry. Don't be intimidated by that because they're cheaters, robbers, liars, looters, shooters, gun-toting, pistol-holding gentlemen on your damn street. So uh, not a problem. Mark, his history is honestly, like if we had to predict it, I think we would have all predicted the same thing. Essentially, he has not had many romantic relationships, like very serious ones. And the ones that he has been have been with uh, people who have difficulties. Uh, one of his first girlfriends or his first serious girlfriend had a drinking problem and in his words would turn into a completely different person and it got to I'm in love with you to like I just love you but I can't do this like it's too much. And then his next serious relationship she had a dark history with her ex-boyfriend and basically he seems to attract or be attracted to damaged for lack of a better word people um who he can be their emotional uh support puppy for so uh Lindsay picks up on this this is probably the most emotionally intelligent thing that she has said and probably will say for the entirety of the series which is like I can tell that Mark really likes to make people feel good, but I need him to like take care of himself first and make sure that he's good because he's not going to be any good to me as a partner if he's not like pouring into himself and happy with himself. Um, I agree. No edits, girl. Not not now. Not yet. <laughs> um, let's move on to Jasmina and Michael. Well... I think the time has come for me to grant myself permission to let the chopper spray on the short jokes with Michael because what the hell? What the fuck was that? Uh, They're eating breakfast in bed and talking about how they accidentally went to bed early and Michael reveals that he actually didn't go to sleep. That after Jasmina went to bed, he kind of stayed up uh, thinking about things and... Jasmina was like, well, what were you thinking about? And Michael starts to talk about how they had gotten into a little argument the day before, but then he corrects himself and says that it was actually a little tiff. This was a conversation about, fuck, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but it was weird and it really wasn't like that deep. Certainly not like keeping me up like an R&B video um, in the middle of the night deep, but okay, this little tiff kept him up at night and uh, Jasmina gives him some serious side eye because she's like, oh, oh, this is going to be a thing. All right, let me put my fork down. I've already lost my appetite. Here go hell come. And Michael goes on to say that he's been feeling some type of distance between them since the wedding. The wedding that happened two days ago. <laughs> and he says to Jasmina, like, well, do you feel like that's one-sided? Like, I'm just feeling this way, or are you feeling it too? And she's like, no, it's definitely just you, and it's definitely one-sided. And Michael goes on to say that he would have liked for them to have made a little bit more progress progress by now, um, because they're not as connected as he would have liked. And that Jasmine is not the most talkative person, so he's now afraid that she's not 100% invested in their marriage. <clears throat> Okay, so in a confessional, Jasmina says, I definitely think Michael's overthinking things because this was the first thing on his mind in the morning. (laughs) And if he continues down this path, he's going to be the one that ruins the relationship. So Jasmina tells Michael, 
what she can't get out of her head is the fact that his sisters said that this is exactly what he does overthink and ruin shit. <laughs> and, um, you know, Michael's like, well, um, I'm just, you know, maybe I do overthink things, but this is serious. Like I have a ring on my finger and every moment that I have to get to know you is crucial. Michael says, maybe I'm overthinking things, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin this. And Jasmina says, yeah, but the fact that you're overthinking this is going to ruin this. It's going to be what ruins this. So Jasmina then says that she's at this point feeling real ugh, about this whole situation. And <clears throat> so Jasmina asked Michael if his overthinking has been the cause of his past breakups and he's like you know I've been single for a while but I think that my situations my breakups have been because I'm not 100% invested but now that I am 100% invested I'm worried that my partner won't be able to see that and so Jasmine I was like okay where where is this all coming from Michael does make the point that he has had a lot of loss in his life and obviously because of that he just like always is kind of trained to think that something's bad is going to happen because he lost his brother. We find out that he lost his brother when he was six and he saw his brother pass away and then it was just kind of like one after the other. His dad, his grandparents, you know, one right after the other and Michael says that generally he is a happy person, but he has a tendency to think the worst of situations so that if the worst does happen, it doesn't hurt as bad. And then Michael says in a confessional that over the years, he's kind of become a bit of a lone wolf. And he thinks that that has been a block in his relationships. And so then Michael asked Jasmina if his overthinking is making her nervous. And she's like, yeah, like, I'm kind of worried that ultimately it's going to be the thing that holds us back. Speaking of intentionally bad behaviors that are going to hold a couple back, let's move on to Alyssa and Chris. Um, if you guys thought that maybe for one second Alyssa had gotten even 1% more perspective on her situation, you'd be wrong. Sorry, wrong. Alyssa starts off by saying that she wishes that she was starting her day with her husband, but now she's just trying to deal with the, her cards and the cards that she's been dealt. But she can't help but wonder why. Why is this happening to her? And why her? <laughs> Dear God, it's me, Alyssa. Why did you pair me with this man? Ugh. Chris still has really no idea about what's going on in Alyssa's mind and why she's not invested. Like he kind of gets it because he did call her out for being like, you really didn't give me a chance before you decided that you hated me. Um, but he's still not understanding that like, she's not attracted to him and that's it. <laughs> like she's done. And he now has convinced himself that, like, he, the reason why they're having disagreements is because he has not really been expressive to Alyssa about why, about the fact that he really appreciates her. He thinks that she feels like he has disrespected her. And he's going into the situation now thinking that, like, he 
owes her something. Like, his plan is to try to illustrate to Alyssa the whole breadth of how he feels about her, which is positive somehow. (laughs) Somehow this man has a positive feeling about Alyssa. She does not for you, okay? Let's just be very clear. Um, Unless your plan, Chris, is to tell her that you signed up for Smile Direct Club, I don't think she wants to hear anything that you have to say to her. Don't even waste your time, my guy. Ugh, Lord. So then they decide to... Well, the production decides to force them into a shared activity. So they go paddleboarding. And Alyssa says to us that she's trying to be the bigger person so that they don't have any drama and negativity. (laughs) You created all of this. What do you mean, girl? (laughs) You're now you're trying to be the bigger person to who yourself? What do you mean? So as you guys know, paddle boarding is a pretty autonomous activity. Like, you know, you can't really communicate with each other. So it's very clear that this is the only reason why Alyssa has agreed to do this. Chris keeps falling off the paddle board. She's having a great time laughing at him. He thinks that they're having a good time together. That is not the case, Christopher. And I wish you knew that. And then they sit down. Chris is being really upbeat about the whole thing. And he says, you know, I actually feel like Alyssa's like an upbeat and fun person to be around. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't see it. I don't see it. So when they finish uh, paddle boarding, uh, he tells Alyssa that he feels like he didn't do a great job of doing all that he could to get her to understand that he thinks that she's really a cool person. And then he apologizes to her. And America says, no, for what? Turn around, U-turn, drive back, reverse, reverse, reverse. What is he doing? I feel bad for him, you guys. Like, this is so sad. This is so sad. Like, I understand that there can be situations where, like, you go from zero and you guys got to work things back and maybe it works. But, like, how does he not see the writing on the wall? Like, this is bad. This is real bad. Of course, Alyssa accepts the apology because she genuinely feels like she's owed one. And she says, you know, I just want us to be united. Well, I should be clear. She says, I want us to come off as united. Not, I want us to be united. I just want us to come off that way. And that, you know, no matter how we feel, the experts just didn't do it right. And that's what I'm upset about. So, (laughs) like, just burst, just, just stab him right in the face. Why don't you just do that? (laughs) I think it would hurt a lot less. He really thought that she was going to be like, hopeful and she's like you know what we're just not right for each other and that's fine (laughs) then this wild little lady says that she saw a psychic and chris starts to laugh immediately and he goes okay so like do you mean like this for real or like are we just having fun with this kind of psychic what do you mean and Alyssa's like, well, no, like the psychic has really hit on a lot of things. So many things have been right. Like I totally took this person serious. So he's like, okay, well, what did she say then? (laughs) And then 
She's like, well, the psychic said that my husband would have these, like, very specific physical features. And he's like, okay, well, what were they? She says that he would have really pretty eyes and an eagle tattoo. And then he burst out laughing again, as did everyone, I'm sure. Um, this is a man who has a music note tattoo on his back, just to be clear. That is laughable to him, the eagle. Um, and he's like, you know what? He says this in an interview. And he says, uh, the method by which Alyssa decides her soulmates is up to her, but it's not something that I subscribe to. So I put no value in it. And no, I'm not going to be getting an eagle tattoo. Don't, (laughs) don't even get one of those 25 cent ones. Not going to work, bro. Oh Lord. Yeah. Just, (laughs) she's a monster. She's a literal monster. And I'm like, it's entertaining, but it's not, you know, because it, it's mean. But, like, the, what's entertaining is that she thinks that she's coming off nice and that Chris is intentionally trying to make her look bad. <laughs> she's not reading the, the signs. And what's entertaining is that she honestly thinks that people out here, out here, all of us, think that she's nice and that she's a victim to this situation. And it's not working. And she's like kind of realizing it in real time, but not enough for it to not be funny to me. So I'm having fun. It is at Chris's expense. And I'm sorry for that. But like, you know, I got to watch a TV show. So, you know, entertainment. You feel me? Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's move to Steve and Noi. Poor, sweet Noi. She's like a Disney princess. She's like... Fully, Noi, I mean, I think maybe has like a Bachelor Universe personality. I don't know if Married at First Sight was for her. She seems like a girl who, like no shade, would have been maybe like fifth place on The Bachelor. And people would have been like, oh, she was so sweet. We loved her. Like maybe she should be the next Bachelorette. and But she's not, you know. But like people really like her and she's got like a pretty good... Uh, Instagram following and like she does good for herself. She's got like a FabFitFun spawn con. That's what I see for Noi. I mean, it's too late for her now, but like I'm just saying she has that like sweet, hopeful attitude that I feel like Steve is going to crush. And so I feel bad for her. But until that happens, I guess we'll have fun with it. So she is talking about how connected and close she and Steve feel and how there is so much more to learn between each other they haven't had sex yet but she says i wouldn't be surprised if it happens sooner rather than later they end up having their first disagreement when they're having breakfast and they're talking about going on the beach later and steve mentions how one of his goals with his wife was to go camping on the beach noi was like "Mm, i don't like camping thank you don't do it not my thing (laughs) steve looks very upset Really like the wind, we're out of his sails. And he's like, well, why? And she says, well, because I like things like bathrooms. I like toilets. I like showering. Those are the things that I can't get on a campground. And he says, well, no, there are some campgrounds that have that. She's like, yeah, but, you know, it's not not the same, my guy. <laughs> not the same. So I'm going to pass on that. Um, I actually think I'm with her. of the way. But I do think that camping on the beach might be fun for like a night. I could do a beach. I could do a beach. Right? I would rather pee in the ocean and do my business in the ocean than 
in like the middle of the woods, honestly. It seems a lot more sanitary. I don't think it is, but it feels better. And that's what counts. Anyway, um, nobody was asking about my bathroom habits. So move on. Um, so she basically says, I'll go camping with you on the beach if it's inside. Thank you. <laughs> um, so then they go and have a little picnic outside. It's very cute. They have a little charcuterie little cheeses. Then they have this, like, um, I guess it was supposed to be heartwarming conversation about their digestive system. I'll spare you because I don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. So let's just move on. Suffice to say, they're very comfortable with each other at this point, you know, and I'll spare you the rest. Um, then they start talking about, uh, Noi does an interview on her own and the producers are, you know, asking the standard questions. Why did you get married at first sight? You know, and, she starts talking about how um, connected she's feeling and how connected she's feeling so quickly. And the producer asks her, do you think you're falling in love? And she's like, you know, in the craziest way, I kind of do. And then she looks over to see where Steve is. And he's like, you know, I don't know, 50 yards away. I can't measure. I'm dumb. And she goes over to him because the interview's done. And she's like, you know... I just wanted to let you know that we were doing our interview and they asked me if I uh, was falling for you. And I said, yeah, I do think that I'm falling in love with him. And his, Steve goes, okay, that's nice to hear. <laughs> and so then she just stares at him and he's like, well, I think we both agree that we have strong feelings at this point. Like, I don't want you to be offended by the fact that I have strong feelings. Like, why don't you ask the other couples how they're feeling? Maybe they'll say that they'll have strong feelings, but it's only been three days. Like, come on. (laughs) And she really takes it on the chin. I have to say she clearly is a little bit embarrassed, but like, I think she understands that, is perfectly reasonable for him to not say, I love you back three days in, you know? I mean, you can't really argue that. Um, so that's really it for them. Let's move on to Katina and Elijah So when Elijah wakes up, he is on top of the world because Katina has been smiling at him. That, that's literally what he said. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's the thing he's most excited about. The fact that she wakes up and smiles in his direction. And he says that because of this smile, he's reading a lot into this. That He, um, he feels like uh, Katina's really taking in all the little moments that of them together and really enjoying him. So he's having a great time. No mention of, like, I'm getting to know her better. She's such a great person. I feel like we're a match because, no, just she's smiling at me and she seems really into me. And therefore, I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) Then he asked Katina if he did any better on the cuddling because she said the first night was trash. And she says, "Uh, no, the second night was actually trash, too. However, you sweat so much that let's not even worry about it. Don't don't worry about it, sweetheart. Like. We don't have to get into that. She even tells the production in an interview that he, like, needs to go to the hospital. (laughs) She's like, he needs to go to the doctor, get some Botox under his arms, because I don't want to spend the rest of my life sitting next to a puddle of sweat. And then clearly the producer from the behind the camera makes a face. And she's like, no, for real. Like, he he really sweats that much. (laughs) Don't make that face. (laughs) She told him not to make that face. Um, So then... They have their activity, which is Elijah on 
takes Katina to the gym and he is wilding the fuck out. Like she says, I'd much rather be doing anything else. I'd rather be at the pool, but here we are. Elijah's a hard ass immediately. He's making her do the things that she doesn't want to do and talking about you don't work out because you want to, you work out because you want to look good. (laughs) At one point he literally tells her to stop laughing because he's in his element right now, um, that she needs to take things seriously. Then they do this like floor exercise where it's like an ab thing. So you're supposed to like put your back back a little bit to get your core going. And then he's supposed to pass uh, a dumbbell from, one arm to her and then you know it's like an arm core situation but you have to do it in a very specific technique for you to get all your muscles and your gains or whatever so she's like not doing it right but before they even he even hands her the dumbbell he says that if she drops it he will take his ring off (laughs) like he's over (laughs) and then Katina says in an interview, like, Elijah Wan has a really strong personality. Honestly, if I had dated somebody like him in my 20s, I would have cried. I would have cried by now. So (laughs) this is really tough. He is really being a dickbag and she gets through it. But you could tell it took it took a lot of patience on her end. Um, Then the group comes together. They go on a little catamaran excursion and everybody's able to get into the sprinter together this time. And Elijah Wan tells us he's cool with regard to Lindsay. Even though he told Mark that he didn't want an apology or need one from her, she actually DM'd him on Instagram. And I guess they are fine. And he says, you know what? It's not my problem. That's Mark's problem. <laughs> I don't care. So Elijah Wan then asks the group, has anybody consummated their marriage? And you could tell, everybody could tell by Lindsay's maniacal um, laughing again that they did it. Okay. She and Mark did it. And they probably all heard it, to be honest. No point in even asking. But yeah, he's, they've plunged through the depths of his shark tank and splish splash or whatever. Sorry. Um, so it kind of also seems like maybe Steve and Noy have consummated their marriage, but the only answer that Steve gives us is like, I would be honest. I wouldn't mind telling you, but I have made the choice to respect my wife. And she asked us, asked me not to talk about it in public. So yeah. Um, then all the girls get separated. They sit on the back of the boat. The guys are out on the beach. So it was kind of like a, he said, she said, so I'll try to get it right by going couple by couple. So, um, Noi tells the ladies that she thinks she's falling in love with Steve and that he just said, okay, <laughs> we really don't see the women's reaction to that. We just cut right to Steve who tells them like, oh, boys, hey boys, like, you know, I, I, I really had to went, go through something this morning. And he tells them about what Noi said. And so Michael asks, like, does that scare you? And Steve's like, well, yeah, I just feel like we're moving really con- fast considering we just got married a few days ago. <laughs> okay. Um, so then Michael asked the guys for advice on how to navigate just going with the flow and not putting too much pressure on the situation. He says, I don't feel like I'm going with the flow at all. So help a brother out. <laughs> and Steve tells him, you know, if you feel like things are getting too intense, then maybe just pull back and let Jasmina take the wheel and handle things 
on her own, you know? We didn't hear Chris say anything because what could he say? But Lindsay asks Alyssa about how things have been going since the first night. And I thought it was weird. Did anybody else catch this? That it had a caption on the screen where it said, Katina said, oh, here we go. But I rewound it a couple times and she didn't say anything. <laughs> she, her mouth was not open. She didn't say a thing. I even looked to see if maybe Jasmina or Alyssa had said something and they just miscaptioned it. Nobody said anything. So I don't, they really like, that was pretty lazy on the editor's part. And I caught it. Y'all tried to trick us, but I caught it. Um, and I don't like appreciate them trying to make Katina seem like more volatile or whatever towards Lindsay than she is because I don't think, you know, Lindsay's bad enough. And I think objectively everybody sees that Lindsay was the one who fucked up in that situation with Elijah Wan. But anyway, um, Alyssa says that she just doesn't want to talk about it because they're in a good place and they're ready to move forward and do their best in the situation. <laughs> and so then Lindsay's like, okay, well, are you guys going to move together, move in together? And then she like almost stops herself and is like, Oh, it's like, is that too much? And, Alyssa says, move on to something else. <laughs> so Lindsay starts talking about how she and Mark are like peas in a pod and that he maybe wouldn't have been somebody she picked up in a bar, but they're a perfect match for each other and that she loves him, but she hasn't told him yet. So with regard to that blow up with Elijah Wan, she starts talking about how she was triggered because she had an ex-boyfriend who would explode on her when she drank. And that just gave her memories of when that happened. And that she needs to realize that that was her past stuff and not Elijah Wan. So Katina's rolling her eyes this whole time. And she turns to Lindsay and says, well, you know you triggered that moment for yourself, right? <laughs> and Jasmina's face immediately turns the other way like, I can't get out of here, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. And Lindsay then tells Katina, you know, there are three sides to the story. There's, um, you know, his and mine and the truth. And Katina says, well, the truth is your perception of the truth. And Lindsay's like, well, it's just a saying. And Katina's like, well, I don't care about the saying, honestly. <laughs> At that point, Alyssa and Katina get up. And in an interview, Katina says, I... Elijah Wan and I had a conversation about just letting this go, but I can't. <laughs> so then Alyssa's telling Katina, like, we'll go back, just sit on the opposite side of Lindsay. You know, it's not even worth it to go into this. Like, she's, Lindsay's not worth it. So they go back. Katina says in an interview that even though she spoke to Elijah Wan about how to handle this, she's now going to handle this her way. So when she goes back, she says, Lindsay, I know that you spoke to my husband about this, but you keep saying you're triggered. I don't care if something happened to you when you were two, three, four, five years old. You're 34 now and you need to take the help you can get. Get over it and don't cast that stuff on other people. You're too old for that. Okay. <laughs> and then she says that Elijah Wan only reacted that way towards Lindsay because Lindsay kept poking him and provoking him and says, you kept poking him, and when when you got a reaction, you played the victim. Well, Lindsay goes, that's really rude. <laughs> and Katina says, well, I don't care because I think you're rude. I'm like, I think you have kindness in you, but I think you do a lot of sneaky, weird stuff on the side. 
don't know how else to say this. It's just a black thing. But like when black people say you're weird, it means you're weird, but it also means something more layered than just being like surface weird. And I don't know how to explain that, but like black people, you know that you understand what it's like when a black person calls you weird, like that's like really bad. <laughs> it's like a weird, it's like an insult. Like, I don't want to be around you. Your energy is off. Like it, it is weird, but it it's something more. It's like weird plus when black people say it. So just know if a black person ever calls you weird, they don't mean just like you're a strange person. They mean like there's something inherently defectively wrong with you <laughs> that cannot be fixed. And they don't want to be around it. <laughs> then Lindsay and Katina start going back and forth with each other. Katina gets up again. She says, I don't care about the show. I can have any opinion I want about you, Lindsay. Any opinion at all. So then, like I said, Katina and Lindsay go off by themselves. Excuse me, Lindsay. Katina and Alyssa go off by themselves again. And then Katina tells Alyssa the classic reality line of, I'm not here to make friends, okay? I'm just here for my marriage. Okay, I don't I don't need to do this with her. And Lindsay keeps going on about how she just needed to regroup. And Jasmina says, Katina's not upset with you about you needing to regroup. She's upset about the fact that you're saying that the situation triggered you. But you could have stopped the situation and you didn't like you chose not to. <laughs> so Jasmina even says, Lindsay, I like you, but you're always on a hundred and not everybody's going to be able to handle that. And Lindsay says she's upset because she feels like Katina's not honoring her experiences. And that's really all I need to know about like what really went on. Nobody is on her side. Nobody's sticking up for her. Not even her husband. I said that last week. So clearly it, she did something wrong. She did something wrong. Mark is basically at this point, my most trusted source my moral compass my north star for this season so if he's embarrassed then i know that she should be and i it's strange that she's there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Not... So back to the guys, Elijah Wan giddily tells them that his uh, gym experience with Katina was actually a test, (laughs) that he fully went into it doing shit that even he didn't want to do to push her in the hopes that like he was trying to manipulate her and test her to see if she would speak up for herself. He says that fortunately she did. (laughs) And so now he's happy. He's like just gleefully talking about how he Jedi mind tricked his woman into having a back like he's weird. Elijah one really navigates life in a way that does not make sense to me, but he seems very happy with himself, so I mean much like he said about Mark Lindsay not being his problem, Elijah one is not mine, so I guess we'll just move on. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Mark, um, he tells the guys that it's been a lot for him and the wedding was a lot. The airplane situation was a lot. He was warned by her father that he would have to reel Lindsay in from time to time. And he's like, I have no problem doing that once or twice, but there's gonna have to be a point where she stops acting that way. (laughs) So... Elijah Wan asks Mark if he thinks that Lindsay's energy will tire him out. And he's like, he thinks for a second and he says, it's a lot. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Steve tells Mark that it sounds like her actions are starting to become a deal breaker. That like, if she continues, it's not going to be something that they can get past. And um, Mark says that he told Lindsay privately that he does not feel good in situations where he has to worry about her. And so please keep that in the back of your mind. (laughs) I can't even enjoy myself if I think that you're going to wild out. So like, keep it cute, girl. Keep it cute. So on the way back to the catamaran, Lindsay, or they're on the catamaran. Lindsay's trying to talk to Mark about how hurt she feels about what happened with Katina. Clearly Mark is over it. He's just trying to be, he tells her like, just try to be as amiable as possible. And in an interview, Mark says, I feel like Lindsay keeps trying to get a point she keeps trying to get to a point, but when she is on that journey, it causes a fiasco. <laughs> then everybody plays Never Has I, Have I Ever. It's mostly boring until they get to Never Have I Ever Cheated. And at that point, Steve's all out of fingers. Noi realizes that. And then she starts looking like she was asked to eat, put a rotten egg in her mouth. She's not feeling it. She says in an interview that this information is information that she really would have preferred to find out about in private or not at all. (laughs) Then as they're pulling into the harbor, Elijah's like trying to get through some questions really quick. And like, clearly he has some questions that he's trying to get through. And so they're like, okay, well, Elijah, just go your turn. Right. And he says, well, okay. Um, has anybody slept with like two members of a family, like a mom and a sister or, you know, anything like that. And everybody looks at him like, no, 
What? <laughs> Clearly, this is a story that Elijah Wan wanted to tell and thought was just going to be an LOL for everybody. And it was a WTF, if anything. Um, so then he tells about how he or Isaac, his uh, other uh, personality from his college days, slept with a mother and daughter and how one time he had to pick him up for the train and they both knew at that point that he had slept with both of them and everybody's just like dog what are you talking about and he's like it's not a disturbing fact it was actually a beautiful experience and to be clear he did not sleep with them at the same time this were two separate uh, situations to be clear um but doesn't make it any less weird especially when he is like so proud of it and talks about how great it was <laughs> um so then he asked everybody if they would be okay like as married couples now would you be okay if your partner said to you that you wanted to uh they wanted to have a threesome and he's like is that like a no across the board and yeah so everybody says no. And Elijah Wan's response is, well, you know, it takes two to make that decision. So I guess it's a no for me. Meaning like if Katina's not going to do it, then I guess we're not. So <laughs> um, he's like, but realistically, like if you offered, if you were to offer, why would I say no to that? Like, why would I? <laughs> so Katina's like, I just think that maybe you need to keep your Isaac stories to yourself because it's not going to happen. When everybody's done with the catamaran, Steve and Noy have dinner. They start to talk about emotional intimacy and how things have been going well. And Noy says, you know, if she has, if she's feeling an emotion, she has no problem sharing that. So Steve says that he feels like after she admitted that she was falling for him, that she seemed kind of annoyed about him not reciprocating. And Steve tells her, you know, based on how we're feeling, there's definitely potential for that. But I just want to honor my feelings. And I can't say I love you until I know for sure, which is perfectly fair thing, right? Noe says, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There probably are things we need to figure out about each other and before we decide that we're all in. And she reveals that she cheated on somebody. And Steve is like... Did you put a finger down? Because I noticed that you seemed to side eye the hell out of me <laughs> when I told when I revealed that I cheated, but I didn't see anything about you cheating. She's like, no, I did put a finger down. Just, but anyway, so then they tell the story, and she says that she was like eighteen or nineteen when it happened. She was did it because she was too afraid to say that she wasn't happy in her relationship. And, you know, she hurt somebody's feelings and it wasn't good. And she even still thinks about the fact that she did it and, like, can't believe that she would have done something like that. So Steve reveals that his story is pretty similar, that he also cheated with his girlfriend when he was, like, 18, 19. Same thing. He, like, hated having to go through the process of breaking her heart and her finding out. And he was like, I realized, like, it was a lesson for me to know that I should just be honest if I need to have a break or break up with somebody to just communicate that instead of, you know, sneaking around. So it's totally fine. They agree that like, okay, it's one thing if you do it when you're young 
and you learn a lesson and you never do it again. It's another thing if you're doing this into your 20s and 30s and acting like, you know, whatever. So they're totally fine. No big deal. Then they go to the pool and things start to get hot and sexy. (laughs) Steve is talking about how this is like the least amount of clothes that they've had on around each other. And, you know, he's really attracted to her. And so Noi asks him, you know, how would you rate our kisses? Zero to a hundred. And he says, well, (laughs) when we're not on camera, they're a lot closer to a hundred. But when we are on camera, it's like somewhere in the (laughs) fifties. She's like, yeah, you know, good point. Um, So then they start talking about, uh, just like whatever they're they're getting closer to each other it seems like they're trying to make it seem like uh they had sex that night noi in an interview starts to cry and says that she's only been in love once before and she always kind of thought that that might just be the one experience for her and she would never have it again but now that it's feeling hopeful she's grateful for that okay i hope this works out girl and i really hope he gets a job (laughs) i don't think it's gonna happen but we'll move on you're not as hopeless as jasmina and michael (laughs) we'll say that the next time we see jasmina it is solo diary cam footage which is how you need to know to know that something bad happened so she says that when she and Michael were having breakfast earlier that morning, Michael brought up the fact that when they were on the catamaran and everybody was going around asking or answering whether or not they had had sex or consummated their marriage, that Jasmina cut him off. So we see the flashback because I was thinking, I don't remember her cutting him off. Unfortunately, we get the flashback where she does not cut him off. He's able to finish his sentence clearly waits an appropriate amount of time and then jasmina says something like i just don't want to have sex until i'm emotionally invested in the person it did not cut him off i think everybody agrees so then she says that michael insisted that she cut him off and that if he said it happened then it happened and that she needs to apologize to him So she says to Michael, I'm not going to apologize for cutting you off because I genuinely feel in my heart that I didn't. But what I can apologize for is how you're feeling and how it made you feel. So Michael at this point is like, he's not trying to hear it. And then she says that Michael got rude, loud, passive aggressive. She didn't appreciate his tone and that she's really annoyed and hurt. And she says, why would I want to be with somebody who doesn't even know how to have a civil conversation? Like, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but I don't want to be in this marriage. I don't even want to be in the same room as him. (laughs) And Jasmine is my second North star. And I know that what she's saying is true (laughs) and that he fucked up. And I give her the divorce papers. Just get her out of here. Get her out of it. Has the show decided that there are just, like, no expert participation while they're on the honeymoon? Because it feels like a Jesus take the wheel moment for pretty much every couple at this point. (laughs) I'm just wondering, at what point are we going to get some intervention here? (laughs) 
So later they have dinner and Michael says in an interview that they got off to a rocky start that morning, but he's hoping that this dinner can ease some of the tension. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Michael starts off by asking Jasmine, Jasmina if she has any expectations for him. And she goes, well, my expectation would be that you talk to me respectfully. <laughs> she brings up how adamant he was that he got an apology from her. And she's like, I was also there. I genuinely don't remember cutting you off at all. So Jasmina did tell Michael that she's sorry that he feels that way. And he's like, well, you know, that's not really an apology, right? And, you know, it, it isn't. <laughs> but the facts are that she didn't cut him off. So really, you want her to apologize for something that she didn't do. She can't do that. She can apologize for how you made her, how she made you feel or how you feel, <laughs> how you're choosing to feel, <laughs> really. But, and I think that's pretty generous of her. So I don't know what to tell you, dog. Like you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. Also, I'm not sure if it was the camera work that was <laughs> happening or if this was just true, but um, they're shooting the cameras like there's a one shot on uh, Jasmina and a one shot on uh, <laughs> on uh, Michael. He looks so tiny, like genuinely get this man a booster chair. He's like barely clearing the, the top of it. She looks, it looks like a mother talking to her son, like her her abnormally small son <laughs> and that really added to the entertainment value for me michael tries to turn the tables on jasmina and asks her like how would you feel if i said to you i'm sorry that you felt that way and she's like well i would be fine with it <laughs> which shut his ass up <laughs> so jasmina tells michael he wants an apology for something the way you want it and i'm just not going to do that so michael says all right, well, I think we should just agree to disagree moving forward. And I'm going to make a promise to just accept whatever apology apology is given. And I accept your apology. <laughs> so Jasmina rolls her eyes and kind of laughs. And she's like, okay, well, do you really accept it? Or are you just saying that? And he's like, no, I really accept it. And in the future, if something happens, I will address it immediately. So Jasmina is not letting him off the hook. And I, I'm with her on that. She's like, you know... The aggressiveness of your delivery really threw me off. And then Michael admits that basically everybody in his life, from his family members to friends to exes, have all said that he has an issue with being abrasive in his delivery. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to work on that. As soon as I get back to Boston, I'll start working on that. <laughs> and you could just tell that when Michael said that, this has been a problem for a while. Jasmina was like, okay, well, <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. She, you could tell she checked out at that point. And she says, okay, well, I'll believe you. And when Michael asks if she's really not bothered by it, she says, well, I didn't say I'm not bothered by it, but I will trust what you say until you prove otherwise. And then we'll have a different conversation. Ooh, I love that. Love to hear it. <laughs> Moving on to Elijahwan and Katina, they also have dinner and Katina tells Elijahwan about what happened with her, her and Lindsay. And she's like, you know, I know we agreed not to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything, but Lindsay retold this story in front of everybody in a way that made her seem like the victim. And I just felt like I had to speak up for that. And Elijahwan's like, you know what? Great. 
I, I hear you. He didn't fight her on that and says whatever. He's like, you know, even Mark knew that Lindsay was drinking and she was doing the wrong thing on the plane. And he says, you know, let's just not give it more energy. That's really all he said to her. In an interview, though, Elijah Wan is thrilled. And he's like, like the fact that she would defend me and I wasn't even there. It just means so much to me. I know that I married the right woman because she wasn't just doing it to impress me. It's like, well, (laughs) I mean, you're welcome, I guess, because you didn't choose to marry her. Not really, but I, you're lucky. And I think we can all agree on that. (laughs) So then Katina brings up how you know he brought up a couple of his old Isaac stories during the Never Have I Ever game, and he's like, yeah, you know, Elijah or excuse me, uh, Isaac did whatever he wanted, but I don't really want to get that deep into it. So then Elijah Wan keeps testing Katina by asking if she was bothered by what she said or by what he said about having a threesome. She's like, no, I mean that's your truth, but I don't share. Just so you know, I don't care that you said anything, but it's not moving me. So no, I don't care. <laughs> and they agree that inviting somebody else into their marriage is potentially messy. And it's really not even worth getting into. So Katina says in an interview that she's noticing that Elijah Wan doesn't really seem to want to talk about his past. And she's worried that maybe it's in the past now, but is it going to be in the past tomorrow? I don't know. So then Elijah starts talking about how he's found his queen and it's so easy to be vulnerable with her and he's got a lot of lust for her, but he doesn't want to get caught up in that because it's more than that for him. And he's like thrilled to be with her and they haven't even brought sex into it. So, you know, who knows what can happen in the future. And now he's like, I'm liking her so much without having sex. I kind of want to like keep this thing going and really make it like a special thing because I've led with sex uh, and little Isaac has been ruling the roost for quite some time. And you know what? It hasn't really worked out for me. So let's try a different approach. When they get back to the hotel room, production has kitted it out like totally for romance. They have rose petals on the bed in the shape of a heart with a KD as in the new Katrina or excuse me, Katina Dickerson. Like I changed your initials. This is what you're going to be going by now. My queen, my black queen. This is all this black love. This is what we got going and I'm, I'm here for it. And he's like really making all the promises in the world about how people may have failed her in the past, but he's not going to do that. He's laying her on the bed and giving her a whole foot massage. And he's, like talking about how this is beyond a fairy tale for him at this point. This is like a dream come true. And Katina starts getting really gushy. You could just like, you could tell she's melting. She's like, I'm just so happy. He's the sweetest man that I've ever come across. And in an interview, she says, I feel at peace. And I think that I may have found the person who's meant for me. And I feel like I'm falling in love. Then they both get in the bed and they're like talking about how, you know, if the last 10 years led me to you, then I would have done it all over again. And Elijah Wan at some point is like welling up in tears. Katina starting to cry in her interviews about how happy she is. She's like, I'm not in love yet, but like, I'm really getting there. And I tried, I promised that I wasn't going to cry on camera, but here I am. And okay, girl. Okay. <laughs> I'm 
going to give in to this fantasy because I don't have the hope in anybody else and I have to have somebody to hold on to. <laughs> Yelka and all be a mess. I think this is going to go to hell in a handbasket, but we're, they seem to be having fun. They seem to be having fun. And so I'm going to have fun with them. Uh, uh, delusional fun, but I'm, I'm going to have fun. Let's move on to Mark and Lindsay because I want to end on Alyssa and Chris. Girl. <laughs> okay. Um, so when Mark and Lindsay sit down for dinner, clearly Mark is shell-shocked. And Lindsay can tell. He basically starts off by talking about how it's been a roller coaster for him since the wedding. And there have been situations like on the plane that have taken away from their ability to get to know each other. So he's just trying to digest everything. (laughs) The man is, he's had enough. The man needs a break. He really does. So then he says, you know, like, I love the fact that you have my back, but I just kind of want to take this process a little bit slower so that things can grow organically. So what he's trying to say is like, I think what he's trying to say is like, please calm down because I know that there's stuff about you that I like, but like you keep ruining it by wilding the fuck out. So like this already, this whole process is a lot for me to begin with. And you are acting like the Tasmanian devil and I need you to not so that I can continue to like you because it's getting to a point where I'm not, (laughs) he's not saying this, but he's saying it. 
Danielle Staub from Real Housewives in New Jersey has said similar things. She's giving Danielle Staub energy. If you guys have watched early seasons of New Jersey and, um, you know what I mean? That is a very, uh, shaky ground (laughs) to be on (laughs) to say the least. So then Mark tries to ask Lindsay if there's like any way that maybe they could just take things down a notch. And Lindsay says, well, yeah, I mean, if you want me to be less, then maybe you need to stop fucking up and clogging up the toilet and farting in bed. If you want to be less, maybe let's stop that. Okay. If you want there to be romance and to take things slow, then I don't really need to see that. You're giving me full frontal. You're chewing with your mouth open. You're farting with the door open. So if you're telling me that you want to get to know each other less, then maybe you need to take that note for yourself. I died. The delivery? Impeccable. (laughs) Could not believe it. So in an interview, Lindsay says, like, why would you take me to this romantic dinner and tell me that you want to pull back? Like, why would you have consummated our marriage? Come on, dude, you're so stupid. (laughs) If this is your idea of a romantic date, never plan one again for me, ever. (laughs) So then Lindsay asks Mark, are we done? Because I'm ready for bed. There's zero romance happening right now. And then they interview Mark and he says, well, all I was trying to say was that we have good stuff at our core, but I'm just seeing a lot of stuff that's freaking me out. Okay. And all I can do is be myself. (laughs) Poor Mark. (laughs) Poor Mark. Oh God. And then he says that he wanted to pull back and they get back to the hotel. He follows her into the bedroom. She says she doesn't want to talk, but then she just lets it rip. Right. And she's like, you know, all day you said that I was so great. And now you're telling me you want to pull back. Then she introduces herself like, okay, we're pulling all the way back. I'm Lindsay, whatever the fuck my last name is. Uh, Nice to meet you. If you want to take me out to dinner, you, you can call me sometime. And so Mark's like, Oh, this is what we're doing. She's like, yeah, this is what we're doing. (laughs) so uh she's like well you just told me that you don't want to be lovey-dovey so i got you that's easy so mark is like you know what i think i need a minute he steps out and she (laughs) she's her her wedges are off her bra couldn't see it and uh she's she's done she's done she got in her nice gown thinking it was gonna be a romantic dinner he's already fucked her and now he's saying, I want to pull back. But, like, maybe let's, like, look at the, the voice within, as Christina Aguilera would say. Let's dig deep, you know? Michael Jackson, man in the mirror, Lindsay. The man in the mirror is Mark, and he's begging you to make a change. <laughs> so, oh, Lord, let's end on this shit show that happened with Alyssa and Chris. My God. So... They can't do any sort of romantic dates with them. Clearly, Alyssa is telling them, I'm bare bones filming with him. So we're not doing anything that's going to involve a little too much eye contact or being in close contact with each other. Six feet, six feet. <laughs> so they go on something that I think he called like snuba. I don't know. It's snorkeling and scuba adventure, right? Chris is still treating this relationship like it's just a fragile object that he has to be careful about lest he upset Alyssa. So 
when he tells her about the activity, she's like, great, well, you have fun. I'm going to watch you from the shore. Not going to do that. Not going to participate. Don't even want to be stuck underwater with you. <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity and stay on dry land. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Then Chris has to obviously take a shirt off because they put weights on you. They like uh, Velcro these weights to you. So you stay, so you don't float. So he has to take a shirt off and put these weights on. And she's just like looking at him up and down. And it's like, don't even, don't even tell us what she said, please. Like, we already know where this is going. And she's like, you know, well, I don't want to say anything bad, but this is the first time that Chris has taken his shirt off of me from in front of me. And, you know, I don't want to be mean, but I think it's okay to say that he's not my type physically. <laughs> I mean, it is technically, but like, she, who does she, who did she want? Who do you guys think that Alyssa wanted? Who do you think she thinks that she deserves? Cause I, I mean, I'm like, she, who's the hot guy? Sam Hunt? He's, is he the hot country guy? I think he is. I think that's who she thinks that she deserves. And like, not even getting into the physical stuff. Like, you're not really that cute. But, like, we can move on from that. Um, but, like, per- what are you giving? <laughs> what are you providing to the situation that you feel like this man is so beneath you that you can't even be the minimum amount of kind to him? Not even, you're barely, barely lock- logging in at polite sometimes. You're sometimes a little bit polite to him. I just don't know, like, what is she? I want them to ask, like, what did you want? Remember that conversation where Chris was talking to Pastor Cal about how, like, he's so attracted to so many different women. And Atlanta has all these hot Spanish women, black women, uh, Asian women, white women. And why her? I want to see that conversation. What is it that you think that you were owed? I want to see... If we could do a composite sketch, I want to know. Because I'm going to laugh. Because <laughs> she doesn't even have to be cute, which she's not. If she was just, like, cool, <laughs> even kind of, then I would say ask for everything. Because at least you're a nice person, right? But you're not. She's not even nice. So now I get to make jokes about your lips, right? And how you look like that fish from um, Spongebob. I'm not sure what the name of it is, but I think he wears like a little blue hat. Yeah, I get to make that joke now because you're being a monster to this man. Like you're being so mean. So you deserve some of that meanness back. So you're welcome. Thank you. And thank you. So Chris goes snooba, whatever the fuck. And she watches him for like 45 seconds before she goes and uh, treats herself to a nice little Caesar salad by the, the pool uh, snack bar or whatever. And she's having like, a full meltdown moment, a full <laughs> monologuing to this producer. And she is talking about how, uh, you know, she didn't want to <laughs> do anything outside of paddle boarding because, uh, you know, the paddleboarding was fine because they were far away from each other, but like she didn't want to do anything else like that. She like genuinely upset at the idea of having to swim with him. <laughs> Bitch. So then she goes on to reveal that I'm mad at my mom. 
And the producer's like, why are you mad at your mom? And she goes, well, because she just told me to do the activities. <laughs> the reason why I was fine with the paddleboarding is because I didn't actually have to interact with him. But swimming is just like a bridge too far. And then she says that her mom warned her that, you know, I don't know, maybe you might not want to come off like such an asshole on camera uh, for on television, ma'am. And then Alyssa says, with no hint of irony whatsoever. I have literally been the nicest person to literally everyone. And then she tries to say that her mom told her she was being difficult and she starts to cry. (laughs) And she says, everybody else has somebody else and they're having a good time and I'm just stuck here and I'm not happy. (laughs) Veruca salt. Veruca salt. And then Chris is done. With his paddleboarding, snorkeling, scuba, snuba, whatever. He had a great time down there with the fishes where he honestly should have stayed. Nemo and Chris. Can we get like a fish at first sight? I don't know. So he's thinking that he just had a great time. Having no idea that this chick is crying to her mother. <laughs> and her mother's telling her not to be a dick on camera. And she has I literally been nice to literally everyone. <laughs> I could not believe she said that delusional she's delusional (laughs) absolutely delusional so chris is trying to like go up to her because she's eating lunch and she goes to the producer tell them him not to come over here so then the producer has to scramble to tell chris oh you can't sit next to her (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable that's how the episode ends I, it is a wonder to watch this person think that she is coming off like a victim. And she's coming off as the biggest villain of the season. <laughs> wow, girl. Good luck to you. Oh, thank us all. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are able to give me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Have a good